0: When the moment comes, Mr. Jago, you and I can face our destiny shoulder to shoulder. Oh, corks! Welcome to the Whovian Review. I'm Michael.
1: I'm Shelby. Talons Reporting for Duty and Jerry.
0: Tonight we're going to be talking about the talons of Wang Chiang. This is the um, last story in series 14. Uh-huh. Should we
2: uh, should we start off this one by addressing the elephant in the room?
0: Uh sure. I didn't I thought it was a giant rat, but okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no no
3: the that's
0: fine.
2: Unless controversial. The, yeah, yeah.
3: And I think we should. Would you like?
2: Yeah, go for it, Jeremy.
3: Let's just say that it's not said often, but yellow face should not be a thing. And um considering the fact that in up in the sec in the fifth episode, I think, of the story, we actually had a guy who Tried to hold an Asian act, one of the Chinese men holding, trying to speak in English with an Asian accent, but was just being regular accent the entire time. So they had other actors there who could have definitely played this role.
2: Oh, they did, they did at the yeah. beginning, too. Yeah. yeah, so. They did not have to go with a British man with, you know, some. Heavy duty prosthetic. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it was honestly a, a racial stereotype that I didn't know about. You know, that through Hollywood and other mass productions, that, you know, if, if you were of Asian descent, you're not good at acting. It's like I, I, I actually just delved into this a little bit recently because Michelle Yeoh recently won a lot of awards. Yep. Um, and they were like saying that she was like the first awarded identifying Asian actress because there are others that, you know, had won Oscars, you know, beforehand. Um, but had, you know, gone under the guise that they were, you know, fully Caucasian.
3: mm mm-hmm. um, And just the other thing, it's like, we talk about stuff, like, this also went through a lot of stereotypes and it even, it couldn't even be done with the, the, our first villain, with him having to come back after he was already dead just to do an opium den, den scene. Just, just, to, just to add a little bit of icing on it. I
2: that. mean, that one... I actually no, am it, more okay with it because it was set in the 1800s and like yeah. that actually does track. Oh no,
3: it makes, it does track. But,
2: but you're right. I, I thought that too. That one it, also made he, me cringe. Was, I'm like, oh, he's using it to, you know, take care of his leg that they got bitten off by a giant rat, which was, makes sense. But he just had that on hand.
3: <laughs> but he, no, no, no. It was more in fact that to us, he was dead and he was gone. He then...
2: Yeah, they brought him back to give, like, a really useless, like, warning to the doctor, beware the dragon's eyes. Yeah. It's just like, I'm pretty certain the doctor could have figured it out in multiple other ways. Like, when he got shot, which is when he did figure it out. Yeah, and and it was like,
3: I I was like, oh, are we going to have a regenerate? Because I don't remember when we, we switch out to the next doctor, honestly. I'm not... That versed on classic Doctor Who. That's my
1: goal and Shelby. That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just here to, to view, get a fresher perspective, and mm-hmm. fun side comments, jab, jab.
0: <laughs> Not to completely sidetrack, but I wanted to go back to the actor who did play in as Lee Shen, What was it? Lee Chin? Uh... Lee Seng. Mm-hmm. Lee, Lee
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Lee
0: Sin, um, the actor, I mean, obviously he was Caucasian, and it's a sign of the Very times. <laughs> it, it was a sign of the times. He was, um, I mean, he's a good actor. I'll give him the
1: credit for that. But it's,
2: it was, like, distracting. Yeah, and, and
1: it's, like, <sighs> what I know to be now, like, the most stereotypical accent you can choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I, I and I agree. I mean, obviously, in today's society, we understand that this was not okay. But back then, I I don't know if they did have anybody in mind for the role. Because, again, the, the people that were Chinese were typically used in a very small role in most of the things that they did put on British television. And that wasn't necessarily uh, planned. It was more just, that's how it was. They didn't really have any decent-named or decent like people that were actually ready to go in and take on the responsibilities of such a big role. And, I, and I'm not saying they couldn't find someone, I'm just saying back then, I guess, for them, it was a lot more difficult to do that. Yeah,
2: it, it's definitely not as offensive as if someone did that today. Mm-hmm. But it also, like, so normally watching, like, let's say they didn't do that and they had a nice Chinese actor in there playing the role, mm-hmm. it, All the parts where they had things like, you know, him being really obsessed with this, you know, and believing that there's this god and everything that's telling him what to do, is just very much like a normal Doctor Who story where you've got, you know, the devotees. But with, like... With the prosthetics and the, and the you know, yellow face or whatever, like, it just made that seem like, like an additional yeah. thing throwing on it, you know? Yeah, I felt oh. like,
1: you know, even if you, you know, erase all the other plot elements or, um, or, you know, all, all the other uh, really nefarious racial elements, you know, just the fact that it's in there really does make you have to run a little bit of a different program in your head yeah. the whole time you're watching it. Like, you're very conscious of what's going on and you're not immersed in the story.
3: Yeah, and I think, and on top of the fact, I think as they get reward on, the actor got less... Um, because it was... The prosthetic was actually well well applied, but I could tell that by the end... <laughs> they secured
2: think, it to his face successfully. Well, I mean, like, you,
3: you, even with all the all bits it was hard to really tell where the seams were in it. That's what I mean. Like, and it's actually... Especially for the time. It's still a lot of work to do that. And,
2: and with a grainy 70s screen, it might yeah. not have looked too bad. Yeah, no.
3: So, but my, my point is, though, and to or no, to agree and add to you guys, what would have been wrong? Since this is such a vampire-y type character, sucking the life force from women and stuff like that, I and mean, that's very vampirish, or anything, you could have gone Russian. You could have gone anywhere in, in that range, which you could have easily gotten actors that could have played those roles.
1: Especially because it, I, I think we, as we were talking about when we were watching the first few episodes, it's a very Western magic show, you yeah. know, that uh, that's it, being put on here. It, it, I guess
0: they also wanted to give some representation, and back then in 1977, that was what they tried to do. And I mean, yeah, the side characters were real Chinese or real Asians. I don't know if they were true Chinese people, um, but um, and granted, it it doesn't it doesn't hold up well for today's day <laughs> in time. It doesn't make sense for us to go back and say, oh, that's okay. It, it, it wasn't it, okay, but it was something that just, you can't really go back and change no, it. No, you can't change it, but we can, in our modern modern perspective For one,
3: anyone who's going to watch this, what, li- listen to us, might go back and watch this, and it's a good idea to let them know that we've, A, had this conversation. Oh, yeah. And that we are aware that it can be problematic, and it can take you out of the story. Like, at first, I was looking at those... The, the first time I saw... Um, what was the actor's... Act- oh, the, the actor's actor.
0: The
2: character was Lee Seng. Lee
0: Seng, I, I, I'm more... Concerned. Lee Shen. Lee Shen and Lee uh, Shen. John Bennett was his name. Yeah,
3: John... When I first saw him, I was like, that's... I, 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 I didn't even look at his eyes. I looked at the, the prosthetics. Like, it was just... Mesmerizing, almost like it was a hypnotic like thing there, like in everything. I couldn't stop looking at the 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 hood pro the hooded eye prosthetics, and that was just, it was taking me out. I had to, I had trouble taking it seriously, and that was partially the cause of it. Um, and then when I saw the the, I thought they were gonna just have, you know. British people dressed up as, like, ninjas or stuff. stuff. And, and then it was like, no. They actually could have gotten actors. And, they, and one of those actors later talked in, in the fifth episode, and it was funny because he was trying to put an accent on, but he was talking just regular English. Like, British accent? I think he had a, more of an American neutral. Like, he had the Metropolitan neutral, which might mean he had an accent... But more of an accent, I I grew up, but my family was also, was like first generation. Yeah. (laughs) So, but he was very much fluent because he was trying to put the accent on. But he always was like, I think he was, he looked be a person who was told on a spot, I need you to say something. He's like, I don't speak Chinese. They're like, oh, um, we didn't have, we just figured one of you guys would be able to do that (laughs) sort of thing. And he's like... (laughs) And that's what it felt like.
2: All right. Now, all of those, you know, very valid points aside, let's put that to the side for a moment and just look at the story Mm -hmm. by itself, which it was really good. And I loved the Phantom of the Opera elements (laughs) where you've got sneaking, Mm -hmm. you know, deformed-faced figure who's got his face covered hiding out in the basement of a theater.
1: Seek corridors, giant rat creatures. And,
2: and Jago is like so much like the new, you know, opera owner. Like, mm-hmm. both of them, really. Yeah. And him and like put together, especially like, just like going around and being like, huh, how could I capitalize on this? I,
0: I, yes. Well, you even had Casey who is his right-hand man behind the stage. Mm-hmm. He was the one that gets killed and, yeah. and instead of being hung from the rafters, he's, stabbed and or whatnot. And I think he, they said a he fright. died of fright yeah. he died of fright but yeah he, he gets shown off mm-hmm. when uh, Magnus Grill actually takes down Lisa.
2: but he, it wasn't like hitting you over the head with Phantom of the Opera no. you know so it, it actually it was just really good it was more like little nods to that and mm-hmm. had its own story going and I thought that was done well
3: at one point I will I will say that the Magnus's um Face covering. I thought at first it was an iron mask reference. <laughs> so that's what I was like thinking first. I was I was getting kind of like this like French iron mask sort of concept because in that lighting it looked iron, but then it became yeah. leathery. Yeah, right now, and I was like, oh, I'm, I just it's just a yeah, lighting thing. In. And also could have been because we will say this was a an
1: res like this was been a re scan. Yeah, version. we did watch the special features version where. You know, I'm sure if you were watching The Giant Rat in the 1977, you wouldn't get the full CGI experience of it. Looked today. like a big Muppet. <laughs> that way, by the way,
3: I'm going to say, this is worth watching in, in the the Blu-ray new high-definition one, because when I first saw that rat, I was like, is that a person? No. That's it. No, that's not... A, they don't have that kind of special. Effect. Yeah, they like if you if your
1: mind really went in like really quick loops like back and forth, like, wait, how did they do that? Oh, is that a picture of a, right another scene? Like, oh wait.
0: What we forgot to do is actually go back and look at the comparison between the original and the new, and I think that's something we should probably oh, that's, do. Well hang on, let's do that.
2: Hang on. The special effects comparison.
3: Yep, and uh, overall, I think we were very impressed, and we didn't notice. We, in a way, I'll say one thing: for the work they did, it wasn't
1: so blatant in a lot of ways that it was done. Yeah, um, I was expecting like a, a far greater comparison. Like I thought, like the nineteen seventy-seven rat was going to be a joke. Um, And, yes, it was, you know, a large Muppet, but I think that they did very (laughs) well with directing, and there was a lot of shadows that worked in their favor Yeah, Yeah, in certain places. Like, the new is is vibrant, and you see the whole rat doing its stuff. Yeah, but but the old one, it's sort of like,
2: if they just took that shot out where it's, like, clearly being rolled on wheels, Mm -hmm. then I feel like it just kind of would have worked. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and th- of course they used a real rat back then, too. So. Right,
2: for that first part, that was a very yeah. uh, awesome-looking rat, I must say. Yeah, <laughs> was
1: funny as I, I didn't realize that they did any other special effects updates. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yep, either. Yeah. I had
1: seen this once, like, many years ago. When we saw the eyes glowing, it was like, oh, oh that was
3: done? Yes, yeah, so yeah. the
2: hypnosis eyes, the... Uh, shots being fired from the dragon eyes, and then, like, the really unnecessary special effect with the chamber that drained people.
3: And I would say that was the one that I also felt did a bad job because when the girl and when... What's the name? Not Magma. Magus. When, When Magmus both went in there, it went fully, like, opaque. Like, you couldn't see anything through it. And therefore, you knew it was being completed. The whole process. When Leela went in there, it started to, but it still had a. It still was translucent to a point. So when the doctor threw it, you knew it didn't get started. It didn't rev up completely. But in the in the update, I couldn't tell the difference between yeah. hers versus anyone else's. Only in the old one. Well, you could
0: still see Leela quite well though yeah but it was it was was way more
3: subtle it It was the effect was much more subtle like they wanted to and I get it they wanted to have
1: more of a a a translucent translucent you can see the actress the whole time but I actually thought some of the contrasts looked more beautiful in the classic yeah so
0: it was. that was the only energy. one I did. They, they tried their best with what they did back in the classic era. And sometimes they succeeded like mm-hmm. this. And Dragonfire was also a really good one. Trial of the Time Lords had some great special effects. And there are other times where it didn't. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to those.
1: Get bubble wrap and things on string. <laughs> yeah. We're going to
3: talk about the history of Doctor Who. This is a BBC production. And not, oh, not all times did they get massive... Budgets. They, n- they the never.
1: Career. They
0: never got a big budget. As a matter of fact, I don't think the. No, none of the old ones did. For no. the for the original series, the budget remained the same from William Hartnell through Sylvester McCoy, as far as I remember. So, if you can imagine oh, that
3: inflation,
0: I hope. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure there was a little bit of inflation involved, but I mean, for the <laughs> most part, they they didn't really give any more money than they probably had. Oh, I know. Except for maybe Sylvester's final season, but there were a few. I mean, the the, the very end of the sh- series, there was obviously a, a upgrade in some of the special effects mm. from Trial of the Time Lord on, but unfortunately, they also got rid of the filming part of it. So, mm. so in the outdoor scenes were always done on film from uh, up until Revelation of the Daleks, and the indoor scenes were done um, on the on the regular camcorder kind of film. Yeah. Um, magnetic tape strip yeah. Exactly. Um, the, whereas after that, they just went to all magnetic tape strip, <laughs> which was terrible because the resolution couldn't be fixed. <laughs> now, if you go back to some of these new Blu-rays that they're coming out with, which we're kind of talking about anyway... Um, they are able to upgrade some of the outdoor sequences to full true HD. Like season 19, which Peter Davison's first, looks absolutely incredible on mm-hmm. Blu-ray because everything is true HD when they're outside. And to explain for our fans, of course,
3: the reason this is because when you take that those original film grades, which were very high-quality Silverlight uh, film shots... You have a lot of dots that just don't make it into the final production. and You can now go and scan those if you have them. Which mm, we take don't. all the dots,
0: eat yeah. them in the yep. data, spit them out,
1: and and, and, the then, and You get
0: all that extra resolution goodness. Yes. Yum yum. And and I think it really definitely is mm, noticeable in in the Peter Davison, Colin Baker eras because obviously they had a little bit better film mm-hmm. quality during mm-hmm. some of those. But I I mean. It is what it is. I I do enjoy the new effects that they put on some of these. In this particular case, not all of them worked. The but dragon the rat, laser eyes. The dragon laser eyes were amazing. That was a nice perfect. update. Perfect. Yeah, they it well went Hypnotized well with the. Eyes
1: was an upgrade. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, that was a huge <laughs> upgrade. I will say that the rat does look pretty darn
2: good. With yeah, the, the rat was definitely yeah. an upgrade. Oh, f- I
3: mean, it was but an like none the of the none of the
2: effects were like that bad originally. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's kind of the point.
1: Yeah, I so was expecting, like, a real Dareth to go back and, and do the updates. I mean, the up, updates were largely nice. I yeah. agreed with most of their decisions. Yeah, That's no. I, I think this is actually more of a testament to a classic
3: BBC's, like, work. And sometimes they do knock it out of the park. Yeah. We've talked about this in the past. And it's a it's a testament to ingenuity and skill of the, the times to be able to do this stuff. But you didn't have computers where you can Photoshop and fix this stuff easily at all.
0: Anyway, why don't we talk about Jago and Lightfoot, one of the greatest duos. Oh, a dynamic duo. Yes. Yes. Dynamic. (laughs) Very very common to have a dynamic duo in a Robert Holmes script.
1: (laughs) They're they're my new favorites. Classic charisma, witty banter, you know, between them. They seem like classic best friends. The saddest part about
3: this is they didn't go into the the TARDIS at the end.
2: No, but they did get their own spin-off audio. Yeah.
3: Oh and and well worth it I'm
2: sure I'm sure you know, I also really liked uh, a lot of the Lightfoot Leela interactions when she's like sitting there and she just like grabs that big hunk of meat and starts eating it. And he like he's trying so hard to be polite, but then he actually is. He actually like knows what manners are about and picks it up and just makes her comfortable yeah. being in the room. But it's just throughout the whole story, you see him making these concessions, and like it's just kind of adorable. And he, he never he but he never stops. He he, he never makes her feel bad. Well, but wait, right.
3: or does he ever stop trying to be polite? And what yeah. Think? So the very says, is, like, Doctor, you can't
0: take her into the, that depravity and stuff. And he's like,
3: mm. she's like, I don't
0: care. I'm going in there. He's very British, but he also has an extremely kind heart. Mm-hmm. And he, ac- you actually see that when he's talking to Jago too later on. When Jago confesses that he's not exactly the bravest soul, mm-hmm. he's like, Well, I guess none of us are really all well that brave. <laughs> I mean, he really. I think Lightfoot was just a really well-conceived character. And, this goes to Robert Holmes' strength. Robert Holmes was one of the best classic Doctor Who writers. Yeah, it was um, elementary for Holmes. He, he, defi- he introduced us to the Centaurians. He introduced us to Sarah Jane Smith. He had a lot of these really big concepts, but one thing he always had that worked in spades... Were the dynamic duos? Go to Trial of a Time Lord, The Mysterious Planet. You've got Glitz and Diver. <laughs> one of, one of Shelby's favorite, favorite
1: character in this episode.
0: <laughs> um, so having that those two kind of pair off, and at the beginning it wasn't even Lightfoot. It was Casey and Jago that were kind of the duo that were really working well off each other. They had a lot of good dialogue between the two of them, and and really kind of complement each other.
3: And I just want to say, I mean, we we talked about life a lot, but, I mean, Jago as well, just his entire... the actor's ability is to entirely get that that uh, theater owner who Oh yeah entirely I do Challenge so much. I, I, I count the money. I I introduce <laughs> the act. <laughs> that's so I hard. talk to the people. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's exhausting <laughs> Warner, Like and I mean every And
2: then he walks in and he's like, he just found out that a serial killer has been living under his like his theater and he's just like Wow, I could probably sell tickets for a shilling or even a guinea to come see this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Always true to this his character.
2: Hey. Oh, very true to his character. I mean, they were just great characters. Christopher
0: Benjamin, who plays Jago, actually comes back for a David Tennant's story. He's um, the colonel in the Agatha Christie one. Uh, Unicorn the, and the one, Wasp. Yep, Unicorn and the Wasp. So, uh, and he's, of course, a beloved character in
2: that one, too. Oh, he's yeah, he's hilarious.
0: Mr. Sin is played by Deep Roy. Deep Roy, of course, plays the um, Oompa Loompas in the newer version, uh, the Johnny Depp version of um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Of course, who
2: wouldn't know Uh, that?
0: And is in many other things as well. He was in um, Never Ending Story. It is a long career. Yeah, Yeah, he's been been around. Um, But he... uh, he was Mr. Sin, which I thought was a rather spooky, rather kind of classic horror kind of character that, that just kind of lurks.
2: And Oh, and yeah. Creepy dolls coming to life to murder people. To oh, yeah. People. yeah and, right. the and, the the, and the way that... Yeah.
0: He was depicted. Or he was the homunculus. The way he, the homun- way he crept, de-
2: crept up on people right. and stuff.
0: Yes. I thought this, lore. this little pig guy was rather interesting. <laughs>
2: okay, so what do we think about that part of the story? The... Time travel gone wrong slash homunculus pig doll. Yeah, it turned. uh, I think it's classic Doctor Who. It's like. Yeah, guess what? I'm a war criminal from the
1: 51st century.
2: Always the 51st century. <laughs> <laughs> a lot goes down. If it I mean, a lot of bad stuff seems to happen in the 51st century.
0: Let in other words, tell your Tardises: do not go to the 51st century. Yeah. I think. I think we really need to, though. We,
1: we, yeah, we need m- to maybe
2: maybe you should set your Tardises.
1: They all converge on that point. <laughs> I was on IMDb recently, and I I was looking at an episode, and I noticed they had, like, characters, and, like, the second or the third character written there was the TARDIS. (laughs) (laughs) I love how they spell that out.
0: The (laughs) T-A-R-D-I-S. Oh, another great character was that cleaning woman that discovers the body in the, in the, um, or the old woman that discovers the body in the Thames. Oh, yeah. Oh, and she's, like, she's, like... She's just totally off her keister in that one. I, she was hilarious. As mm. Matter of fact, I've watched the um, oh the commentary. I, I think this water's br- melting my brain
2: here. We um, do not have brain melting water here. <laughs> <the> much.
0: <Instagram laughs> oh, acid baths for everyone.
2: Slander.
0: <laughs> but um, the commentaries they always say how wonderful she is in that she that I mean they just found like for the most part. They found some really amazing actors for this whole thing. If only they could have done a little bit better.
2: I yeah. Mean. It really it really would have would have made a big difference and I, I get that they didn't have, you know, the lens to see that at the time, but
0: a great scene in this is in the first episode when the doctor goes to visit the sergeant in Scotland Yard and he's got the one Chinese man there and the and the doctor literally just walks over and says, I don't need a translator, and he just starts talking Chinese to the guy, and his reaction is just like, you can talk Chinese? (laughs) This is awesome. And we know this, that we do know that he can speak Chinese because he spoke Chinese in his third incarnation in the mind of evil, which we've already rated and we But the doctor
2: can speak, like, everything, like the TARDIS translates, Right. (laughs)
0: The TARDIS translates, but in this case, obviously, he wanted to use the original language. So,
3: but that's always, now that, that would be, get us on to the whole theory of crafting thing of, like, I just interpret it as that he started talking directly to the, act, the, the Chinese person, and we, as the audience, heard Chinese, and he could have been speaking still... Well, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of my my thought so, too. So by the way, and the reason I bring this up is, I think at one point, in more modern, wasn't it Rose saying you're speaking English or something like that. He's like no, you're speaking Gallopharian. Like, I, I think that happened. So it, that
0: was Donna. No, that was Donna Noble. Yeah, Donna when Noble. they went to the uh, Pompeii episode. Right. She was in Latin. Pompeii and ta- talking Latin, even though she was. She right. was like, well, what if I actually speak Latin? And she actually tries, and then it it translates it into nothing. So. Uh, I guess it translates it back into English for all I know, mm. but all but okay, that hadn't been established yet. Yeah, but I, I that but you see, this is we're talking about modern mm-hmm. or
3: how our brains mm-hmm. look at this stuff. We are going to go back, and plus, it I think the translation was already defined by
2: then, right? What but the it? Tardis translates.
0: Not. Mm-hmm. Really? No. no, they they hadn't mentioned that until Russell T Davies came into. Really?
3: Oh. Yes.
2: Wow, that's How a gaping did... hole. Wait! 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 wait, No one questioned it.
0: <laughs> no, everybody in the whole universe just speaks English, especially British, British English. English. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Daleks do too. So what? What the heck? Russell I mean, T. well, I mean, like
2: th- that. That actually makes a lot of sense because that was going to be something that I thought was strange because I was like. This guy thinks that this Chinese god has come down to talk to him, and he speaks Chinese. So, like, why is he speaking, you know, semi broken English mm. to this Chinese god? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a little weird. <laughs> Perhaps. But it makes sense yeah, because in, you know, the Doctor Universe at that time, they hadn't really established. So they just took it for granted that everyone spoke British English.
0: <laughs> well, if you think about it, the British actually colonized everybody. so it,
2: Yeah, they probably <laughs> thought that, that would that it was the future. Yeah,
0: they, they were going to colonize the whole rest of the universe. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else you can say about it. Other, I mean, than
2: in Doctor <laughs> Who, that is their future, so. I mean, I mean they're not wrong. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, there are a few moments in history where the Doctor speaks other languages or other languages are spoken and we have no idea what they're saying. But it's not explained that the TARDIS should know what they're saying because we've never established – it wasn't established until the new series, which makes sense. But then you go back to when the Doctor actually speaks – a different language, <laughs> and then you're like, well, what about then? And
2: I think, it, I think it's, I think these guys are right, and it's that we can interpret it as the audience he just hasn't translated for the audience so like basically the doctor is right. showing off yeah. which or the doctor was.
0: or the doctor or the doctor can switch that off because if you think about it when he gets to the jadun yeah, I mean, on in the 10th doctor era he actually speaks to the jadun in their own language i mean
2: every time with, we, with we hear him speaking one. in the language he's showing off so right. I think that we could say that that tracks and that whenever we hear the uh, the you know other language being spoken, the doctor's just showing off.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Ooh, right. Number four,
3: the doctor is vain. <laughs> but, uh, but it's really interesting to think that that was a retcon, technically, that we just didn't know about. I was like, oh, makes perfect sense. It's hardest When, Michael, when did that first happen? Like, uh, you heard it first. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, it just wasn't established. It, I guess it really didn't need to be. They didn't really question it back then. Well,
3: yeah, you're not wrong. Um, really, a lot of our ability to start questioning things happened when this small little uh, thing called the internet happened. And then we want to know all the plot points, all the details. How does it? And this is changing. Uh, this is changing geek culture here. But how does a lightsaber actually work? Like, for instance, people want to know these sort of things about
1: everything.
0: Oh, and there's nothing wrong with using, that's a good example. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, and not only that, but you have so much more connection with people that have knowledge about certain things. Mm -hmm. A quick news update is that, um, and I should put this out really quickly, but for some strange reason, the British version of BritBox has listed nine new episodes from the classic era that have never been seen since the 1960s. Yes. I mean, and it's a very big mystery going on right now as to what's going which on. Which episodes? Galaxy 4, episode 4, which would be an interesting I mean, find. do they have
2: the entire story, though?
0: No, they have episode 3, and that's yes. it. And they found that, like, in 2011. Galaxy 4, episode 4. They have the Mythmakers 2 and 4, which would be Vicky's departure, if they actually have it. They have uh, the Smugglers, another William Hartnell story, episodes 2 and 4. They have Jamie's first story, *The Highlanders*, episode two, listed, and they have hmm. episodes four, five, and six of *The Space Pirates* listed. Hmm. Now, again, this is hearsay. A sick joke? It could be. A, it could be a joke. It could be hearsay. But there's been a lot of rumors lately about more Doctor Who coming back for the sixtieth. If this is true, and this is a very odd, random grouping of episodes, so it's mm. not like it makes sense for them to lie about those kinds of things. I mean, usually, if you put out something like that, you're going to say, "Oh, I'm I just found the tenth planet." The last, the very All last right. episode.
2: You got it. You heard it here, folks. Either this is you know true, or it is a really, really good lie.
3: And, <laughs> very good lie. And I'm going to state on the record, as I have multiple times over, literally ten years now at this point minus my little break
2: Literally. we have
3: all the audio which I think is what you have said before
0: we have audio for every story we do not have pictures of every story at this point just animate it just just animate what we don't got
3: a,
2: a lot of, a lot of them are animated. like
3: like like pro animated like uh, like not just like side not just like the small like little bits but like do... I haven't seen a full animation of every
1: story yet, is what I'm saying. Yeah, there should be, like, a, yeah, you can't make a Doctor Who anime. They, they
0: have said that they probably will not do every historical because of the amount of costume changes or characters involved, especially the Crusade, which has 27 individual characters. It would take a lot to get that one actually done and a lot of money. And one thing that they're not going to do is spend a lot of money animating old Doctor Who's. Now,
2: but a costume change isn't that expensive. And, not and not the no, movie no, no. But you have to town. animate
0: it a you whole different. You have to we have animate a whole different costume. You, you Trust me, I'm I'm going by what I what I've read up on in terms of what they know and what they what the animators have said in the past. There are certain stories that just would not make sense. Like the whole 12 part of Dalek Master Plan would be enormous to get that animated. That would take a very long time. It likely won't happen. But Just to do drawing work, I'm ser- I'm being serious.
1: Open up to fans. Open source it. They
0: don't yeah. have now. Some fans have done it, including um, Ian Levine, who of course found the very first Dalek oh, of story. Course, yeah. He um, he has done some very decent fan animations. Um, but I will say this is that with with Doctor Who, it's not the most sought-after material of all time. And even though Disney Plus is being added as a contributor and they very well could open up their their animation studios at some point if they really wanted to, um, I don't think that would happen. I think this is more like the, the BBC has to find funding wherever they can get it, and wherever they can get it, they're going to try and utilize that to fill in the gaps. Now, one of the stories that said was going to be full was going to be animated for the 60th was The Smugglers. If they did actually find episodes 2 and 4, that would make sense why they're going to animate episodes 1 and 3. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Originally The Smugglers is a very odd choice to be next. I mean, you could do The Wheel in Space with Cyberman and Zoe's first story, that would make way more sense. Or you could do um you could probably do uh Oh, I don't know. There's uh, Marco Polo, which is the very first story that's been that's missing. That's even though it's a seven-part story and historical, it the other part of it is: are these going to sell? And they're a little bit wary about old Doctor Who, especially historicals being able to sell. And that might not it. be the case. Um, but at any rate, there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into animations, and there's a lot to go into these missing episodes. I'm just, I'm just, I want to keep people in a realistic frame of mind. I don't know of anything that actually has happened, but I will say that there's always hope, and I do believe that there's probably at least one episode still out there somewhere that we haven't discovered yet.
2: Where there's life, there's hope.
0: (laughs) Where there's film reels, there's hope. (laughs) Anyway, back to the Talons of Wang Chang.
2: Yes. Yes. Should we rate this, or do we have more to discuss? I'm ready for rating. All right, you want to start us off?
3: Okay, so this is going to have two ratings to it. For the <laughs> main story itself... You have to give it one final rating also. Yes. no. The, so, the the main story itself, it gets knocked down. Um, a little bit just, it was distracting. And I, I'm just going to say... That the distracting elements made it very hard to kind of focus on the details at the beginning. Um, I I, I kept just nitpicking things as I understand cultural significances and and everything. So it made it difficult. Um, But the story itself wasn't bad. It was fun and it was fairly entertaining once I could get past it. But taking a couple episodes kind of knocked it down. So that's a, a six. Now, the the real story, Jago and Lightfoot, uh, you know, buddy buddy mm-hmm. cop drama basically, that gets a 10. Perfect. Wonderful thing. So and in that eight, one, overall? Bring, in overall, it brings it up to a seven and a half because Jago and Lightfoot. I'm not sure about your math,
1: but okay. I like my math. It's great math. Wonderful math. Good
0: math.
2: Yes.
1: Terrible well, I'm, I I was in good math too. I don't know how you know uh, Jeremy got there. I, I really love the idea of a two rating system. Um, I didn't I didn't go there off the bat. I, I really lumped it all together and, and swirled it up. But um, I remember seeing this many years ago, and I often have a bias towards you know older episodes. <clears throat> um, I just do. Like oftentimes they have pacing problems. You worry about special effects. I probably saw the original special effects at the time. Um, but I remember um, the episode exceeding my expectation I remember you know it kept my um, attention more than I thought it would but yeah there's there's definitely some distracting elements in today's in today's world um, and it's hard not to be running that other program in your head while you're watching parts of this episode mm-hmm. um, but there was a lot of fun things and, and most of it was around our dynamic duo um, I if if I, I had my vote they didn't get their own spin off series. Um, but uh this was um, this was worthwhile. I liked I liked the twists. I really liked a lot of the characters. Um, and it was well it was a good production value, like really through and through. Um, and even more so just seeing the comparison too. Like I noticed like the New Age special effects, but going back I don't think you know, you're missing too much watching this in 1977. And actually, you might be better well suited watching it in 1977, if <laughs> possible. Um, but I really like that rating. I
2: actually had the same number in my head 7.5 out of 10. All right. Um, I think this is a great story. I think that it's one that I think Khan's actually seen before this because I showed it to him specifically because it's a especially phenomenal classic Doctor Who story. Um, I of course love Leela and she was awesome in this. Watching her go through and point out all the ridiculous things that are involved in British customs and, you know, using weapons and, you know, just kind of taking charge of everything was great. Um, Jago and Lightfoot were fantastic uh the doctor had you know a lot of great stuff we didn't even mention his Sherlock Holmes outfit um Mm -hmm. and you know it just there were a lot of really great elements but there was the glaring distracting racism that was embedded in it and it would certainly knock it down quite a lot if it like came out today and they did that Mm -hmm. but uh given you know it with the time I feel like I that's only going to knock it down two points for race so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten
0: I guess I'm the older fan here (laughs) I'm the one that probably saw this and didn't get distracted, but then again, I also was a lot younger than all of you when I first saw this. Yeah, so kids it, don't
2: notice things. So, mm.
0: it wasn't... So, I mean, it, it. I did notice that the person wasn't Chinese. I did notice that. That was kind of an obvious. But I didn't think much of it at the time. Um, and so it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the story. Is it distracting in today's society? Absolutely. And I wouldn't condone it in any way shape or form but at the same time I it it doesn't hinder the story for me Um, I do think the story does have a little bit of padding in places even though that's kind of typical for six part Doctor Who stories Um, but for the most part even the padding itself ended up being extremely uh, entertaining especially some of the one-liners that Leela had throughout with Lightfoot. Uh, Some of the Jago scenes were just absolutely perfect. Um, And, yes, the Doctor's costume change was absolutely necessary for the story. I think him being Sherlock Holmes makes all the sense in the world. Not to mention that Tom Baker actually goes on to play uh, Sherlock Holmes not too long right after this. Um, But at any rate... um, I also give this story an 8 out of 10. I, I think that it's extremely solid. Um, I I can't say it's perfect, and, and we've already mentioned a lot of the reasons why it's not perfect. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's my take on it. And I do think that if they could remake the story today with... An actual actor that could fill that role, which there are plenty of now, in especially in England, including England, because uh, obviously it's a British show. Um, I think it would probably, uh, it probably still take the cake for being a really good story. It probably would go into a ten out of ten if if that aspect of it could have changed.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. the doctor used a gun. The doctor did use a gun. Yes.
0: The doctor, yeah, an elephant gun. Is what it seemed like.
2: What a rat.
0: It was a pretty big rat. Well,
1: there was an elephant in the room, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll see you next time on the Whovian Review. Bye.